0: Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life Show, on air, online, and around the world.
1: With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes.
0: Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and golf channels, Matt Adams.
2: And it is an absolute delight to welcome you into the Fairways of Life show as we come to you live. From the 151st Open here at Royal Liverpool. I am joined by my friend Paul Eels. He is a winner on the European Tour. He's a member of the European Bo- uh, Tour's Board of Directors, or, of course, now called the DP World Tour. Uh, he has great familiarity with. Open Championships and certainly is great familiarity with this golf course as well because he lives just around the corner from here uh, in in this region of Greater Liverpool. Uh, Paul, first of all, welcome. Thank you for the time. Good to well, see you. My pleasure, Maddie. Uh, Always great to see you. You have had such experience at the Open, not only as, as a player but also as a broadcaster. There is something that's so unique about this major and about this championship. Can you put it into words? It's really
3: difficult, isn't it? There's so many different contexts. So, take it from a player's point of view they've got four of these a year to play in and if you count the the players that's five massive events that's number one in their diary at the start of every year where are we going when is it on I'm going to prep for that so for for the players coming in and we get that vibe as well don't we in the media centre because there's not too many weeks in a year where all the best players in the
2: world come together and play and, and, and we've kind of got it here this week And this week, of course, here at Royal Liverpool, we're seeing a golf course that is different than it was in 2014. Not dramatically different, uh, but there are some distinctive differences nonetheless. One of them being 17, which uh, we've already seen so far this week from the competitive realms, that it's a unique little hole, and despite its distance, it's pretty hard to hold that putting surface.
3: Yeah, what happened? I mean, Royal Liverpool, or Hoylake, has a history of changing the golf course to accommodate major championships they've done it throughout their history but this time it was a radical change in terms of that one particular hole it was I believe the 15th that we played last time and, and the, the backdrop behind the tee was the River D that runs alongside the course and you played down into a little punch bowl green about 140, 150 yards It's a lovely hole for the members but there wasn't too much drama so what they've done uh, Mardininy but they swapped it round one hundred and eighty yards so now you 're playing west uphill to this pulpit green with amazing runoffs into the the, the river estuary behind uh, and it is going to create so much drama but the members are not really sure particularly if you 're a short hitter you may be hitting a hybrid into a green that 's designed for a wedge so the jury's out. At the moment, but I think that will be the place to watch this week. That grandstand behind the 17th tee, watching these players hit into the setting sun and see whether the ball can stay on the green. Because if you've got 15, 20 miles an hour,
2: that target's tiny. Yeah, and as we've That's, seen already yeah. this week, that tiny target is one that they have tried in earnest to hit. And I think the jury that you're referring to will certainly make its judgment over the next couple of days as we are right in the throes of it here at the 151st Open. When you would come to the grounds for an Open, when you knew that you were going to tee it up in this major championship, what was the feel, what was the buzz like for you?
3: Wow, Uh, there was a lot going on that you wouldn't normally have. So friends wanting tickets, people (laughs) that you've not seen for a while. So personally, I got distracted and then it was almost cramming for that last examination on a a Tuesday and a Wednesday trying to get, stuff, and I was exhausted by Thursday morning, and that, that was pretty much me across all those, now you're talking about the best players in the world, so Rory and we heard Matt Fitzpatrick talking giving advice to his brother Alex who's playing this week and going there's a lot going on take your time, nine holes nine holes, nine holes nine holes, we'll see the course twice but you're not exhausting yourself, so that kind of experience for a top player, because they're they're looking to win, aren't they? they're, they're changing their careers with that, and I, I was just sort of glad to be here type of thing. So it, it's different for everybody, you know. The, the youngsters come in; they'll be so excited at the first Open Championship, and it'll be gone in a flash. Whether it's a Sunday night or a you know a Saturday morning, when they wake up with the realization of oh, I've missed the cut there,
2: but wow, what an experience it was. When you look at the open venues, now this one here at Royal Liverpool has incredible history, but when you look at the open venues, you're a member and live at, and earlier this week he was kind enough to host me over at Royal Birkdale. Uh, I just want to, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your own home course and what a great venue that is, and we're going to be going back there again in a couple of years uh, for the open.
3: Yeah, and I I think it's like, all venues you do need to evolve as a as a club and a course whether you're a major championship venue or not and this is what's going to happen to Birkdale. they've got a couple of years now to prepare and maybe work alongside the rna because you've got media centers to build you've got exhibition centers to build you've got hospitality units to build and then you've got to get the patrons around the golf course so lots of things need to happen at a venue but you know Deep down, the greens keepers are there just to make the surfaces great for the players. And that's what we found this week. They've got a new greenkeeper here. Uh, He came from uh, Royal Sinkport's deal. And at Birkdale, they've got a new greenkeeper in uh, Sean McLean, who came up from a similar part of the world in in Princes. So those guys are really excited and they talk to each other because they're close together. So they're sharing best practice. So, you know, I have no question that we're going to have. An amazing week this week and then come Birkdale in a few years time that the course will be just
2: magnificent for the guys. Yeah, No doubt about that. And Of course we have Portrush in the offing coming up too so some really exciting venues for the Open. As to this venue and again now that we're in the throes of the week here at this 151st Open is there a particular character that you would say to Royal Liverpool?
3: It's a pretty flat terrain out there. There's one or two bits alongside the, the, the estuary that the fairways roll but for the most part it's, it's a pretty flat course, it was a, a race course back in the, the late 1800s so it's it's pretty flat but the bunkering is, is sensational out here I mean that's almost like a water hazard if you hit it in there it's a shotgun you know you, you could get it out number one thinking of advancing it 50, 60, 70 yards it's not going to happen around here so it's going to be a challenge for the guys again wind dependent If that wind blows, then you're adding two or three shots to the round of golf in terms of difficulty. And, of course, this year the the RNA have changed the 10th hole from a 5 to a 4. So instead of an easy 4 on on the par 5, 10th as it was back in the day, now it's going to be a 500-yard plus par 4. So that will challenge
2: the guys. There's no doubt about that. So Paul Eels is still an active player. You are just a few days away from going to the senior Open. How excited are you? You feel ready?
3: Very much so. Yeah, We're going down to Royal Porthcawl, which is South Wales, and uh, we had foul weather there the last time, but a certain Mr. Bernard Langer didn't seem to think it was foul weather, and, and he played a different game that week, and he, and he won uh, a, a senior major. So I'm looking forward to going down there and, and, and seeing Stricker and Harrington and Bjorn and Langer and those guys uh, and maybe try and
2: get a practice round with them. That would be very, very fun. You, you just triggered something in my mind when you are talking about Bernhard and, and playing through difficult conditions, and seemingly he's playing a different golf course than everyone else, which which raises a question, something that we've been debating this week over pints here and there as we're broadcasting you live from inside of the media center. Do you think, to some extent, a person's ability to focus, uh, your, your ability to handle pressure, is that a learned trait or is that something in in some way that you're just naturally wired for
3: yeah is it a learned trait yes you can learn these skills for sure Uh, for some people it might be just a personality that they've grown up in that family where there's a calmness about them I mean I, I think one of the best players in terms of value for money watching is Tyrell Hatton but has he got a temperament to win major championships we don't know he can win championships we've seen that Uh, He won at Bay Hill, was it, Mm -hmm. not so long ago? So he's a winner, but he's he's a firebrand. And then you've got the other end where you've got the stoic Bernard Langer who's won for however many years and still winning. And he's very... So it takes all sorts, doesn't it? Um, But I think you can learn. You can learn. And winners do learn. They know how to win. And that's the difference
2: between them and the rest of us. Fascinating. Ilze, thank you very much. My thank pleasure, it my is friend. It's always a pleasure to see you. It's been a pleasure to work with him this week on Open Radio. You can hear Open Radio throughout the, the balance of this 151st Open. You can hear it on the official Open app. You can hear it on TheOpen.com. If you're watching us across North America, you can hear us on SiriusXM as well. Always a pleasure to be around this professional. It's also always a pleasure to have your company, and we're honored that our presenting sponsor is the PGA Tour Superstore. They are the number one golf retailer in all of the land with more than 60 big, beautiful stores spread out from coast to coast. If you need it, they have it within their walls, and what's better, you are shopping with the pros. Find your happy place at the PGA Tour Superstore.
1: Relax. Easy now. Find your happy place. The PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips. Where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes!
4: (laughs) Find all the latest gear, apparel, and personalized club fittings.
1: Is this goodbye? We've only just
4: begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore.
1: In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Fill your heart with Ireland at ireland.com forward slash golf.
5: It screams...
6: The Gen 6 iron is a culmination of everything that we have learned as a team. The absolute best golf club I have ever hit. It's something special. Say hello to the new PXG Gen 6 iron. The longest, most accurate irons we've ever made. They go higher and farther than any iron that I have hit to date. And they're so easy to hit. Super excited for the consumer to try this. They're going to love them. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do. Period baseball nah football done it i think i'm gonna go after the pga tour bo you're gonna need the right equipment company i think i got that you know tour edge backs all their clubs with a lifetime warranty i know they ship all their premium custom clubs in 48 hours i know all their premium clubs are hand built in the usa i know you know tour edge has won 35 times out here guys i know pound for pound nothing comes close this is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. one zero, one Gives you feedback in real time.
5: Instead of guessing,
6: I get the direct feedback.
4: The Wiz, really helped me to keep that consistent swing.
5: You can go out there on your own and just hit balls and it'll fix your golf game.
4: Transition on plane. The
2: Wiz, sold exclusively at thewizgolf.com. Welcome back to the 151st Open. Matt Adams here with you. Pleasure to have your company as always from Royal Liverpool, this absolutely beautiful and very important stretch of Lynxland, important in many ways to the history of the game and certainly to the history of the Open itself. I want to take you back to a year ago where I had an opportunity to return to the spot where an important piece of history took place. It was during the third round Rory McElroy had just birdied the par-4 ninth hole, and at the par four tenth, which is a drivable par-4, Rory found himself in the pot bunker short and right of the putting circle. Uh Rory McElroy from there, was able to blast it out and put it in the hole. Earlier today, I was able to bump into Matthew Southgate, who was my broadcast partner then, and... He did a call on that that ended up becoming a viral sensation that was absolutely fantastic. So uh, Matt South, the, the good news is, is actually in this Open in 2023. So it was so great to catch up with him and to hear his enthusiasm for this event. Now, Colin Morikawa won the event in 2021 at Royal St. George's. And what was interesting where if you look at his putting performance the tournament before he was dead last in the field if you look at his putting performance the week that he won at Royal St. George's he was tied for first so some thoughts on Colin Morikawa a multiple-time major champion coming into this major
7: yeah I've enjoyed it a lot um courses in front of you there's not really many blind tee shots not many blind approaches a few you know coming on the back nine but everything's in front of you obviously you know uh, they've always talked about staying out of the bunkers, but it's really true. It's a shot penalty if you hit it in these fairway bunkers. So that's step number one this week is to stay out of as many fairway bunkers as possible and you know, then hopefully give ourselves some birdie opportunities. But there are some short holes out here where you're able to hit a wedge into some greens and you're going to have to be able to take advantage of those and, and some of the par fives. Um, majors test everything. I mean, I, I think... You know, if you compare me winning for the first time and, and win and winning for the first time without playing that specific major, per se, um, it just comes down to believing in yourself, really. You know, that, that's how you get to the top of the level. That's how you get to where you want to be. You know, whether it's the PGA Tour or whatever it is, um, that's how you get there. You first have to believe in yourself. But everything has to go your way. I mean, it, the way things and the way things line up, you know, you have to have that lucky bounce or you have to have that lucky break or the tee shot go your way or um, and you can always kind of pinpoint it to like one or two shots, whether it's Saturday or Sunday kind of coming down is things just go your way. And when you're playing well and you're, you know, you're in the in contention, you get those breaks and it's just being able to pull off the shots when it matters the most. I mean, I, I think Wyndham, what was it? Saturday on 18, you know, pulled off that shot on eight on the 18th hole out of the fairway and hit it to 10 feet and made the putt. Like that's the difference of being in that final group and finishing off like that versus not being in the final group. And, you know, you're playing in a di- – it's a different setting. It, it all has to line up, and um, but really just starting believing from yourself and really se- knowing that you can do it. I, I am still learning, um, but I think I've played enough now to to know what I need to do. Um, I think I was playing really well heading into the Scottish that year in 21 and felt like I was playing better than, I, you know, than the scores posted. And I, I really blame – you know, the whole story, blamed all my irons, changed different irons, figured it out. But I think there's a – you have to just learn how to control your golf ball out here and not just height but also control spin. And I think going back to last year, I remember Jordan talking about creativity. Creativity is the biggest thing out here, but also knowing how creative you can be, you know, not getting overly stupid with it, but being able to hit your shots, fly to where you want, hit your windows, and I think that's why – you see some great players and you see a lot of good players come out of open championship wins is because they have to be able to create different shots and especially out here how you know one through nine kind of goes out comes back you're going to have a prevailing wind i think for the first few days off the left coming on that back nine being able to control your golf ball hitting shots whether it's drawing it up into that or you know playing the wind and staying out of those bunkers i would love a big week um obviously the goal is to win i mean I, that's what it is every week. You know, uh, Ryder Cup is obviously a huge gold mine. It has been for the past two years, especially turning into the beginning of this year. Um, and it still is. I mean that's a that's a really big goldmine. But winning takes care of everything. And um, you know, I would say the last two years have been interesting, not the way I would have guessed it would have gone um, two years ago, but it, that's golf, right? And that's life. You, you really don't know what, what to expect. It's, it's really about learning and, and truly learning about it, you know, it, you, to really, to realize the steps that I took, would I have changed anything, would I have done anything different? Maybe a couple things, um, but it's all about putting that game plan together, refining things, knowing what you're going to do, and I think I've kind of done that and gotten better, um, You know, being contention two weeks ago was the best feeling. I mean, walking down those last nine holes was like it felt like it was just back to normal. You know, it didn't feel like it was out of the norm. It just felt like, man, we're here to make birdies. We're here to win the tournament. You know, the playoff didn't go the way I wanted, but it just felt comfortable. And to know that that's still there, you know, uh, that's the best feeling. So, yes, you know, absolutely, I do want to be back on top. I know it's going to come. I don't know when, hopefully this week. Um, But it's going to happen. It's just putting everything together, hitting the right shots. And like I said earlier, having things go your way. So hopefully it's that week or this week, whatever allows you to win. Um, I think, you know, I watched some video from when Tiger won in 06. I mean, it was as Brown as could be and dry as could be out there. Right. And like, that was a strategy, but he also had a lot of mid to long irons. in. Um, I think it's a mix. I mean, even today with no wind, I was hitting three iron, three wood driver. I mean, I hit every club off the tee. So it's going to be a mix. It's, It really is how much you want to take on the bunkers, how aggressive you want to be off the tee. Is that going to give you a nine iron versus a six iron Um, out here? But, you know, it it could be the shot penalty that costs you, you know, that momentum swing uh, one way or the other. It could be for your benefit or it could be the other way. So I I think it's a blend of, of certain ways. I mean, a guy like Rory, how far he hits it, I mean, yes, he's going to be carrying some bunkers that I can't carry. So he might be playing a little different strategy. For me, it's really just to stay away plot myself around this golf course and take advantage of certain holes um, you know, where I might have a wedge. In. I mean, I, look, I gave credit two years ago, and I still do. Um, I don't take anything away from that, but I just haven't played well the past two years, and I was like, screw it. You know, why not get some extra prep, come out here early, get ready, get adjusted? Um, so we played some great golf courses. I was able to play in Walden Heath, where they're having the Women's Open, or the British, or whatever it's called. Um, and- two or three weeks. Um, So that was a lot of fun. We played uh, West Lancashire uh, on Saturday, played Royal Birkdale on Sunday. So we got, I got some really good prep in um, aside from even though, you know, tournament golf, you can never trade that in. Um, It was a well-needed kind of two weeks off, get some prep in. um, And I just, you know, it feels great to come into this major. Um, I think all the, the wins in the past and all the the knowledge you get from those, you tap into, and that all you don't tap into it. It just comes and it flows into your, you know, your body and how everything, the routine. When you're really on that Sunday in contention, everything else for me Thursday through Saturday is just all the prep, everything I've learned in the four years I've been a pro, and even before that, on just what I need to do to get myself in contention. Um, I would say. I don't have to tell myself to do this or do that. It just happens. And, and how do I get that started, you know, Thursday morning on that first tee shot? I, like, I want to be ready on Thursday, you know, not be ready, hopefully, by Sunday. Um, to be honest, not really. I mean, I, I was able to go to Wimbledon um, on Thursday, and it's cool to take something in as a fan and do something that, like, look, I'm never going to be playing on center court. Like, I never will. Like, I know I won't. Um, but when we're here, it's, it's just pretty normal. You know, we show up, I go to my locker, go out there, go practice, go home. It's pretty routine, right? It's pretty boring, but it's routine for us. So, yes, it is the Open. You know, it is, it is another Open. It is our last major, but it's just it's another week, and, and that's how I treat it. It's, I put everything I, I can into this week, but at the end of the day, I'm not really changing anything. So, yes, you know, yes and no to that answer. This might be one of my favorite pairings I've ever had. Uh, Max, obviously, because I've, I've gotten very close with him. You know, I call him a really, really good friend, and he's obviously a lot of fun to play with. But Tyrell is like someone, when people ask me who I like to play with, I, I say his name because it's entertaining. You know, it, it's enjoyable, but it's no hate against you. He doesn't disrupt you. He doesn't slow you down. We're fast players. Um, His caddy Mick is also incredible. Um, You asked that question. I mean, we literally talked about it 20 minutes ago at lunch with my caddy. It it truly is one of the best pairings I could ask for. So I enjoy it. He's a lot of fun. Um, He's never really that negative. I mean, he'll talk to you at any point, even if he is mad. I mean, we've seen a lot of those moments. But he is a really good guy. You know, he he does uh, have a good time. But he's very professional in a sense of, like, respecting his other playing partners for sure.
2: We are live from the 151st Open here at Royal Liverpool. Absolute delight to have your company, folks. As always, Dr. Blank Bell is joining us. He's a golf historian. He's a member here at Royal Liverpool. He's also a member of the RNA. So, Dr., how much fun has it been in the build up to having an Open back at your course?
5: It's been fever pitch, uh, slowly building, building, building. And uh, it's been. To watch it all take shape and to finally get there uh, is fantastic, and uh, we we welcome everyone here. Indeed, yeah. we've got
2: some historic photos that the doctor has sent to us. So let's cruise into these photos, and you give us your reaction as a historian. Take okay. a look at these first three.
5: Okay, uh, well, our first three Open champions. We our first Open Championship was in eighteen ninety seven. The RNA took over the running of the championship effectively in, in 1893, and they wanted some English venues, so they decided that Rawls and George's and ourselves would host the Open Championship. And So, our first Open Championship in 1897 was remarkable in many ways, in as much as one of our home members, an amateur, uh, who had yet to win the amateur championship, he was, he was in his, his sort of mid 20s. And it was won by Harold Hilton, and he was our first champion. uh, The second Englishman and the second amateur to win the Open Championship of Hoyle. So he just closed it out. James Braid ran him close, but uh, he poked a little putt that dribbled on the edge and went in at the last, and he beat beat Braid by one. So that was Harold Hilton, and uh, he'd already won the... The first his first Open Championship, Newfield in 1892. So, so five years later, we Sandy Heard was our champion, and the it was a interesting Open Championship in as much as the the great triumvirate had just come onto the scene—Barb and Craig and Taylor—and they all figured in that championship. Uh, and I think Craig finished runner-up runner at Hoylake at least twice, maybe three times. And but Sandy Heard... Uh, Alex Herd, from St Andrews, native St Andrian, went on to, to win the 19, 1902 championship, uh, which was great. And uh, and at that time, the, the Open so-called rota was on a five-year uh, sort of schedule. And uh, we went to nineteen o well, we, we missed 1907, which was uh, Arnold Massey, the first continental European to win. Uh, and then we go to 1913, which was a fantastic open. Uh, it was miserable, windy, wet, and the players they really, really struggled. And in the third round, JH Taylor, in a in a gale of wind, played what Bernard Darwin described as the best round he'd ever seen, and he went around 77 and wow. spread spread eagle the field. Everyone else was over 80, and he won the championship by eight shots. So he was the only member of the Triumvirate to win an Open Championship at toilet uh, And you can't choose your leaderboard, but we're glad we got one of them on our leaderboard. Uh, the great Walter Hagen, 1924, uh, he came to Hoyl and he won four Open Championships and in many ways he sort of saved our Open in the 20s. Um, and before Jones came to the Open and, uh, and he was our champion. It's a fantastic picture of him kissing his wife there. And, uh, uh, Bernard Darwin said of his win, he said in the end, he said it was the same as always. He said, uh, Hagen just won and the other man just didn't. So, so we go into 1930, probably the greatest achievement in the history of the, the history of sport, not just golf. And that's Bobby Jones teeing off in the final round of the 1930 Open Championship. How cool is this? Yeah, which was the second second leg of the court. Where would the video this is like the first this come team? from? Where would this, this is a where Pathy video. It's this? This a Pathy video, movie tone, I think it is. And wow. not many people know this, but he was interrupted by a radio man at the top of his swing. And he had to stop, much as Tiger did. It uh, did look like that. Yeah. And he huffed and puffed through the championship, and he struggled. He 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 took a double bogey at the, the our event par five eight, and he sort of was in a daze thereafter. And came in and uh, won the championship. And he nervously waited in the clubhouse uh, for about an hour and a half for the rest to come in, and they had a he had a large glass of whiskey and soda to soothe his nerves. But Deagle and um, McDonald Smith couldn't catch him. Uh, so we are we are eternally grateful that we hosted the second leg of the, the Grand Slam in 1930. That is so,
2: so, so cool. Yeah. From there, with, let's just take a look through 1936. Of course, yeah. Fred Daly from yeah. Northern Ireland Absolutely. in first, 1947.
5: First Irish winner. First the, Irish the Open winner. was in a bit of a lull, really, after that. And the the... the uh, the, the 30s and the 40s were they were in exceptional Opens, really, but the, Daly's win as a first Irishman yeah. was... And then, uh, of course, Peter Thompson yeah. in, the,
2: in the middle of his run.
5: Absolutely. So, Post-Hogan. Peter Thompson, an absolute gentleman uh, and he completed his hat-trick of Opens at Hoyle Lake and went on to win five Open Championships. Incredible. Uh, consummate links player. Uh, just a fantastic golfer and then 1967, uh, Roberto DiVincenzo, at the end of his career, after almost having won the Open on many occasions, came to Hoylake and won his Open, holding off Jack Nicklaus and Gary Plow, uh in the final round. So impressive. Uh, now, we go from 1967
2: yeah. to Tiger in 2006. Why such a large gap?
5: Right. Well, that's interesting. Everyone asks that. But the Open sort of outgrew us. Uh, by the seventies, the, you needed more land, you needed bigger infrastructure. The site why they really wasn't big enough for that. So the expansion of the open really didn't allow us to host a modern open until 2006. And we purchased some more land. We uh, got ourselves organized. The course was in better condition. We hosted some successful amateur championships. Uh, and they invited us to, to host Open once more in two thousand and six, which was a. It took it took a lot of hard work and a, uh, a lot of behind the scenes stuff to actually to get it back. But uh, so two thousand and six, we've got a, essentially a, a coast that hasn't been tried for forty years, and we're all very anxious and, you know, we were unsure about the condition. And then we got a drought, and it was burnt out, and Tiger won, in a an idyllic weather, it was a moonscape. Tiger won and everything was okay. How
4: much, everything, how, how,
5: everything was okay. How
2: perfect did it be to absolutely, Tiger absolutely. with 2006?
5: So, uh, so we were relieved, but uh, it was a fantastic championship with a great leaderboard. And uh, and then on to Rory in 2014, and the best golfer in the world when you win his only Open Championship to date, uh, at Hoylake was was great. He was a he was a great champion, had a fabulous display of finesse and power, and uh, he was just too good for a few people nibbled at him in the last round. But uh, he was too good. He was too bold and too good.
2: When you had the open back in twenty fourteen, I take it that there was less anxiety, less nerves.
5: Sure, sure. It it, it was much more of a tried and tested venue, and. Uh, and we had the confidence within the club, and, and uh, as did RNA, that we would we can do this. We're we a, a legitimate open venue, and uh, we've got great champions. And uh, you can say what you like; it's a it, it's a great test of hope.
2: And we have had the pleasure of speaking with the doctor about the history of this incredible place that is so significant in the game of golf. We didn't even have time to touch on the role that this club has played in the development and the definition of amateur golf at its highest levels, but it's stout there too. This week, of course, it is the venue and the home for the 151st Open right here at Royal Liverpool. Doctor, thank you so much for your time.
5: It's been a a pleasure. It was
2: very, very good to see you. Uh, As always, folks, it is a pleasure and very, very good to have your company as well. Thank you so much for it. Boeing Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern lower peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation package's elite instruction with the Boeing Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boeing Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com.
6: This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. 101. One. Gives you feedback in real time.
5: Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback.
4: The Wiz are really helped me to keep that consistent swing.
5: You can go out there on your own and just hit balls, and it'll fix your golf game.
4: Transition on plane. The Wiz. Sold exclusively at thewizgolf.com. Relax.
1: Easy now. Find your happy place. Happy place. The PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips. Where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes!
4: (laughs) Find all the latest gear, apparel, and personalized club fittings. Is this goodbye? Goodbye. We've only just begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA TOUR Superstore.
6: Say hello to the new PXG Gen 6 driver. This is the driver. It is absolutely fantastic on performance, distance, on looks, on feel and sound. Beyond forgiving. I am supremely confident that when a golfer hits our Gen 6 drivers, they are going to have some of the best golfing days they've ever had.
7: PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period
2: zero friction introduces the wheel pro push cart golf bag with its revolutionary three-in-one design supportive legs that spring into action a comfort grip handle with three locking positions accessories for the modern golfer enhanced by seven pockets for more storage and removable all-terrain wheels which slide right into place the new zero friction wheel pro golf bag checks every box for every golfer push carry, or cart the decision is yours thanks to zero friction head to zerofriction.com today. Absolute delight to welcome you back to the 151st Open. We're live from Royal Liverpool. Hoylake is the name of the town. The golf course is so beautiful, so well prepped for this week. And, of course, the best in the world are out there right now. Look at this venue. We heard Rory McIlroy talking about the fact that it's about being strategic here. Let's take a look at his quotes from earlier this week says, yeah it's great it's in superb condition it's basically how i remember it it's a very strategic golf course off the tee it's very very well bunkered and you sort of have to that's i think the biggest challenge of this golf course is avoiding those pot bunkers off the tee just getting really comfortable with the clubs you're hitting off certain tees whether you challenge your bunkers or not or lay back it's very strategic golf course which i like you just really have to think your way around it. And Rory went on to say additional comments. He didn't meet with the media inside of the press room. He actually spoke with the media, uh, select media outside of it. He said, yeah, it, certainly I think it's regardless of whether I won or not. I would have come in here confident with the way that I've played over the last sort of month and a half. Remember, he's coming in here right after having won uh, in dramatic and in, in assertive style the Scottish Open, his final comment being, my game feels like it's in good shape, but I think seeing the way I played last week and being able to control my ball in pretty difficult conditions, and I feel good about that coming into this week. I love finding out what a player's mindset is as they enter the Open. So too for Scotty Scheffler in his 42nd week as the world number one. Let's find out what he had to say.
0: I mean, I have no idea. Um, it's really fun winning. It's not as fun finishing third, and so <laughs> you know what I mean. And I mean, it's great to have good results, and I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of how I've uh, competed all year and continued to put myself in position. And um, looking back on the year, I feel like I've just been on the outside looking in a few tournaments going into going into Sundays, and um, I don't think I've had very many 54 hole leads, and so. Um, I mean, you might remember better than I will, but yeah, I don't,
6: you should remember. No. I,
0: I should, but I don't, um, <laughs> I'd say a decent amount this week, especially around the greens. I wouldn't say at home that I chip very much with a pitching wedge or nine iron, just because when you're in the States, you're much more dictated by the lie and the grain that you see around golf courses, especially where I live in Texas. You're very dictated by the grain and the Bermuda. And then as you go up north, you're very dictated by what the lie tells you you can do with the ball. And over here, um, every lie is pretty scratchy, and um, you just have a lot of options. And so, like today, I chipped a lot with my pitching wedge and 9-iron, and that's something that I'm just not able to practice, but it, it feels pretty natural really sure where the radar is (laughs) Um, I I do my best to not try and pay attention to things I I don't know if I'm under above on anybody's radar I don't I don't really try to pay attention to that stuff I try to prepare for each event the same way and um, outside of last week I think that was really the only tournament where my preparation was a little bit different whereas I just tried to get as much rest as possible Um, after what was it travelers I think I'd played six out of seven with two of them being majors and being in contention in both of those majors. And by the time I got home, I was pretty wiped. And so um, I only hit balls a few times and played golf once in the, that off week, or those two off weeks. Um, got to spend some time with family and friends at home, and it was it was good. Definitely didn't practice as much as I typically would in my off weeks, um, but it was refreshing and um, it was a good reset going into the rest of the year. I would say that I'm probably more satisfied with last year, but wasn't even close to becoming satisfied with last year's uh, season. So golf's one of those games where um, I don't think you ever really achieve that satisfaction. I think you're always asking for more. I think if you asked me when I was in college if I could be uh, 27 and have, I think, six wins, a major and a player's, so I'd, I'd probably say, yeah, I'm satisfied. But then you get on the other side and you win one tournament and you want to win two and then two turns into three and um, it's just never enough. So first, links experience would be the Scottish Open, twenty twenty one maybe. Um, I think my first open was at St George's in twenty. Yeah, so twenty one would have been this. It would have been the Scottish Open, um, and I, I really like it. it. It seemed like a natural progression. Like I said, out here you can be extremely creative. Um, basically, around this golf course, if you just avoid the bunkers, you can kind of do whatever you want. But anytime you're in a bunker, it's. I mean, it's pretty much a stroke penalty the way the bunkers are shaped this week. Um, And in terms of Lynx golf, I I just think it's really enjoyable. I feel like I play Renaissance each year and it's very fun and then we get to the open and um, I start getting really used to Lynx golf and I just want to play a lot more of it and I get a little sad that I got to be done with it until next July. Um, Yeah. I mean, the one thing I've noticed about this golf course is anytime I'm hitting it, anytime my ball is going towards a bunker, I'm very nervous. (laughs) I'm just going to try and avoid the bunkers at all costs. I feel like At St. George's, a lot of the bunkers at least had a tiny bit of an upslope before you got to the the wall face. And here, it seems like the faces of every bunker, it's almost a downslope going towards it. Um, I don't think that's something that I particularly like in a golf course. I think um, it doesn't reward the good shots as much. If you're closer to the green, you end up closer to the lip. And if you had a worse shot and barely get into the bunker, you actually have a play. Um, So I'd prefer if there was a little bit of slope there. But... That's what's so special about the majors. Every golf course is different, and it's a challenge, and I'm just going to do my best to stay out of him this week. I think he's done a good job. Um, I think think you have certain guys that like to be in that position and other guys that like to avoid that kind of stuff, and I'm glad that Rory seemed to be one of those guys that enjoyed it and put himself right in kind of the forefront of it. Um, I wouldn't say that's necessarily my style. Um, Yes, it matters to me, but I also like coming out here and competing, and um that's that's my main focus typically and not that focusing on the mergers is a bad thing we need people to to be there and um you know rory's done a great job as kind of one of the leaders for our tour but there's also a a number of other players that have stepped up as well and um you know we're all trying to do our best to help improve the tour it's just some people i would say would do more of it sitting here versus behind the scenes and that's just how people want to go about their business A year without winning a major would be pretty similar to the other 25 years of my life, I guess. (laughs) No, I think that I like to focus more on the way I approach things and my attitude than I would um, the actual results. Yes, it's so fun to win majors, but I'm not going to sit at the end of the year and look back on the year and be frustrated or upset because I didn't win a major. Um, I step up on the tee at every every tournament hoping to win, and any time I don't win, I'm usually pretty frustrated, and that's kind of the nature of the game is at the end of every year, you're usually fairly frustrated because you just can't win that much. I mean, Tiger didn't even win that much. He lost a lot more than he won. Um, It's not like other sports, and as long as I show up with a good attitude and and play with a good attitude, that's most of what I try to focus on, and um, at times, I'm really good at that, and at times, I struggle with that, but that's what I focus on. Definitely not. <laughs> I I think that most of what has to happen is something has to be created into a story, and for a while it didn't really seem like there was much of a story behind the way that I play golf. You know, I think I was viewed as probably a touch boring and didn't really show much emotion, and I don't know, whatever else you could think of. I don't know. But... I think I had back-to-back tournaments that I could have won where I putted poorly and all of a sudden it became this thing where like I'll watch highlights of my round and like even the announcers anytime you step over a putt it's like well this is the part of the game he struggles with and it's like if you say it every time and you guys see me miss a 12 footer it's like oh there it is he's struggling again and it's it's one of those deals where I don't pay attention to it the things that I'm working on right now I feel very excited about um, I'm hitting a lot of good putts and pretty soon a lot of those good putts will start falling in the middle of the hole instead of dodging around the, the side of it. And I have a lot of faith in what I'm working on right now. And, um, I'm hoping to see some results soon. I don't really remember watching it. I, I, a lot of my tiger memories are all on YouTube. Um, I really do get a lot of value out of watching that kind of stuff. And, um, I did watch the, his, his win here on YouTube and, um, it's a pretty valuable tool. Really. You get to watch so much cool stuff and, um, yeah, I'd say most of my young memories of Tiger just watching him win a lot and seeing him make all the putts. Whether it was here at the Open or you know the Putt at Torrey always stands out. And um, I mean, what I appreciate about Tiger is I feel like a lot of times when you ask him questions, he's very eager to help. Um, besides the divot video that everybody saw this year, he tried to keep that one a secret from me. Still got to get the get the answer on that one. But um, you know, he's in a different position in the game now than where he was as more of a spokesperson, and I'm. We hope that he can come out and play more, but I mean, we're very appreciative of all the years that we had with him, watching him play, and the few years that I got being able to compete against him. Yeah, just to see the course. I, I'd never seen this course before. I didn't really know anything about it other than the fact that it was really firm then and he didn't hit or only hit one driver for the entire week. So anytime I'm coming to a new course, I try to learn something about it before I get there versus just coming in blind. And I mean, it really is a valuable tool for me
2: such incredible insight doesn't it lend a lot as you're totally immersed in the open like we all are right now to hear what the players were thinking as they entered the open championship week now being here in liverpool you can't talk about liverpool without t- having to talk about the beatles the beatles were made up of paul mccartney john lennon george harrison and of course ringo star after mccartney and lennon met in 1957 officially named the quarrymen they changed their name to August of uh, 1960, uh, the bands, of course, played gigs all over Liverpool, sold over 600 million albums. Although Ringo of is the only of the Fab Four, has shown any serious interest in golf, there have been some notable connection between the Beatles and the sport. In early 1963, John Lennon and Paul McCartney and George Harrison reportedly worked as occasional caddies at the Boodle Golf Club to raise money to record what would be the Beatles' debut album, Please, Please Me and John Lennon's wife lived right
4: across here at Royal
1: Liverpool. Relax. Easy now. Find your happy happy place. The PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes!
4: Find all the latest gear, apparel and personalized club fittings.
1: Is this goodbye? We've only just
4: begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore.
1: In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world famous Lynx courses and our world famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world famous scenery. And visit our world famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world famous hospitality. Fill your heart with Ireland at ireland.com forward slash golf. It
6: screams. It tracks. It's
1: soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover
0: designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer
6: to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour B's. The Tour Ball reinvented. The Gen 6 iron is a culmination of everything that we have learned as a team. The absolute best golf club I have ever hit. It's something special. Say hello to the new PXG Gen 6 iron the longest most accurate irons we've ever made they go higher and farther than any iron that i have hit to date and they're so easy to hit super excited for the consumer to try these. they're gonna love them pxg nobody makes golf clubs the way we do period baseball nah football done it i think i'm gonna go after the pga tour Bo, oh, you're gonna need the right equipment company i think i got that you know, Tour Edge backs all their clubs with a lifetime warranty. I know. They ship all their premium custom clubs in 48 hours. I know. All their premium clubs are hand built in the USA. I know. You know, Tour Edge has won 35 times out here, guys. I know. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the West. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one. Gives you feedback in real time.
5: Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback.
7: The Wiz
4: really helped me to keep that consistent swing.
5: You can go out there on your own and just hit balls, and it'll fix your golf game.
4: Transition on plane. DeWiz, sold exclusively at DeWizGolf.com.
2: Welcome back to the Fairways a Life show. Pleasure of your company as we come to you live from inside of the media center here at the 151st open at Hoylake. Royal Liverpool has been such a cool venue. That's what the media center looks like, by the way. We're just uh, adjacent to the second green here at Royal Liverpool. And you can see the masses of golf media coming in from all over the globe and up in front, those yellow boards that you can see, tell us exactly where all the players are, even if they're, a chipping and putting like Corey Connors right now is at the putting area. It tells me Sun J M is at the chipping area right now. Uh, Dustin Johnson is out on the golf course. He's at I believe just finished up 17, going to 18 uh, tee. Matthew Jordan, Bryson DeChambeau are just teeing off number one. Uh, Jason Day's two groups behind them. Uh, Moore and Gooch are on the ninth hole. Uh, Fitzpatrick and Robinson Thompson are on the 8th. You can I can see it all right before me. Uh, Patrick Cantlay is scheduled for a practice round, but it's not giving me his time yet, whatever, whatever time he's going to choose to go out. So, Dom, there's a lot going on. I'm, I, I'm not sure if you can tell by how today's show was flowing and ebbing, but there's so much more buzz of activity around us and surrounding us and here in the media center and out on the grounds where all the people are. It's going crazy. I'm i am I'm curious about you know finishing up the show today, and I want to go through some air times for everybody. I'd like to go through the weather. I'd love to take a peek at the odds. But the thing that I'm, I'm the most curious about is, what are you hearing from the people today, Don? What's on everybody's mind?
4: Well, the Open Championship starts tomorrow, so that's a big deal. <laughs> so there's a lot of people talking about that. My question of the day is, was, do you have to set an alarm to watch the Open? Because a lot of us are, at least in the United States, right? I mean, if you look at Andrew, put the tea times up there. It's, uh, those are the tea times I think we have our local time, right, for us in the United States on the East Coast. But most of the, most of the tea times are starting at, there you see if you're watching on the TV side, like Spieth's group goes off at 9.03. That's 4.03 a.m in the morning eastern time in the united states so the question is do you get up super early or set an alarm and we have people watching us and listening to us all over the world so there could be alarm clocks going off at all kinds of weird hours and i've got 35 percent of the people right now matt set an alarm to make sure that they're up to watch the open wherever they are in the world i can say for myself i will have to set an alarm because well, I normally get up early for the show and have for literally decades matt we i mean there were there were times when you and I were doing shows, and it was I was getting up at four something o'clock in the morning and having to drive into the studio, so I'm used to getting up early but but four o three in the morning is a little bit i'm going to need an alarm for that one, so I will be setting an alarm, and you can see there, Matt, on your screen that uh, the RNA and everybody and all the the broadcast partners—they have officially announced their featured groups, and you see them there on your screen. If you go to the Open, and Matt will get into this in a little bit as far as the details of the coverage, but if you go to the dot com, and you can download the Open app, both of those things, you will be able to watch these groups play these featured groups: Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick, Jason Day. Scotty Scheffler, Tommy Fleetwood, Adam Scott in the mornings, the afternoon, Victor Hovland, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, Justin Rose. Those are your two afternoon groups. And I will say there's been a lot of hubbub, if you will, online with the people commenting. Uh, They have seen these feature groups, and they are displeased, and they feel as though live players were shortchanged as none of them are in the feature groups. Now, I don't know if I would agree with that, but I would say isn't it's kind of messed up that Cam Smith, the defending champion, isn't saying, right. He should be a feature group.
6: Yeah, I would. I would totally agree to that.
4: I would
2: totally agree to that. Now, the the coverage. Just so you guys know, the radio coverage that I will be a part of, the world radio feed of the Open, it's called Open Radio. Uh, you can see these the time that's on your screen right now because we have to pick the time zone right so our home time zone for the fairways of life show is eastern time so that's why we're showing it to you in eastern time so adjust accordingly we are five hours ahead of you here at bst that's british summertime so at 2 a.m eastern tomorrow morning you can hear the start of our radio coverage if you are a subscriber to XM in north america you can hear it there 2 a.m. on Thursday and Friday, but there are other ways you can get it as well for those of you that are anywhere around the world. If you have the official open app, you can hear the radio coverage. So what that means is if you're on a train, if you're in your car, if you're in your office, if you're in some place where you can't get to or can't watch a television, you can listen to our radio coverage on the official open app. You can listen to it on Theopen.com. You can listen to it on TuneIn Radio and more. Bottom line is it's very easy to get. And again, it is available everywhere around the world. On Saturday and on Sunday, the airtime for open radio will be four A.M. Eastern time. according it's both Saturday and Sunday. 4 a.m. Eastern time is when open radio will come on the air on Sirius XM in North America. The digital coverage, a Thursday and Friday from 2 a.m., Saturday and Sunday from 4 a.m. Again, and you can get that digital coverage through all of The Open's various media platforms, which includes the official Open app and the theopen.com. So we've got you covered no matter where you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a subscriber to one thing or another. You've got different ways and means in which you can pick it up okay Don what else are you hear from the people as we uh, promise that we're going to finish up with more about air times and, and weather etc
4: yeah I'll, I'll, I'll just read through some stuff here again our, we love the people right you guys go all over the place so some of this has got nothing to do with anything we're talking about but uh, it's interesting uh, so let's go here we got uh, let's see Cam uh, 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 <laughs> hearing Matt read Rory's words is like hearing Dumbledore read Voldemort quotes <laughs> uh, Paul says, "Any player need to win the Open for the Slam?" Question uh, mark. I don't think so, Matt. Are there any players wait, with the with the Open Championship the only thing holding them back from the Grand Slam this week? I don't think so. No. Because you've got you got Jordan right waiting to win the PGA Championship. Obviously, Phil's never going to win the U.S. Open. Let's be honest. <laughs> but, but but he has to do that. And uh, Roy's got to win the Masters. I think that's it. Is there anybody else?
7: Nope.
4: Yeah, okay. Um, All right. Wait. Yeah, that's right. Uh, All right. So let's see here. Uh, He's not playing. Scheffler is going to be very hard to beat, Derek says. Agreed. I wonder if Scheffler will make his six-footers this week. (laughs) We talked a little bit about that the other day, Matt, the fact that putting at the Open Championship is the – the divider. You were, I remember you were sharing some stats about that. let see. Uh, yeah, the
2: greens are a little slower, uh, If there's a lot of people that think you can be more aggressive than with your putting, and that may be a benefit to someone like Scotty Scheffler or even Colin Morikawa.
4: MBT3 says the redesigned shaped the bunkers more to attract the ball. I have heard a lot of players discussing that, talking about how it, it just feels like, If you're off by a little bit, it just feels like the bunkers just suck the balls right into them. Well, oftentimes it's a major man.
2: Yeah. Oftentimes too, though, when you're in a a revetted face bunker, and in some cases a pot bunker, which is a smaller version of the same, the revetted face tends to slope this way. And so what it does is it repels the ball to the middle of the bunker. These have much straighter faces. So as a result, the ball can sit right next to the edge of the wall. So it makes it very, very dangerous indeed. Very different.
4: Uh, They're talking about Happy Gilmore. Some people complaining that they haven't seen Happy Gilmore. They're yelling at the ones that, that, that haven't seen it. The people that have seen it are screaming at the ones that haven't seen it. How could you have not seen it? Again, we go all over the place here. This has got nothing to do with anything here. Um... My favorite golf movie is *The Greatest Game Ever Played*. Second would be *The Legend of Bagger Vance*. That's a that's a, a story for another day, Matt. We could do a whole show on the best golf golf movies because there's a lot of them. Uh, Caddyshack right. is the best. Now they're arguing about that, of course. Uh, Dom, where's the Dom? Uh, I'm here. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, bad luck, Dom. The rest of the world struggles to watch the U.S. majors. You know, that's a good point, Paul. Um, here we are talking about our time zone and having to set an alarm for the Open Championship. Uh, Meanwhile, Matt, the rest of the world probably has to set an alarm for the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, <laughs> and the Masters. So true. they're the but ones getting screwed, really. That's
2: really. There's also something else that's being noted there is that the Open is making coverage, be it audio or feature group or what have you, <laughs> It's available in so many different ways on a global basis, where more and more often the majors in the United States are being put behind paywalls to try to force you to have to pay in order to get it. So it's nice that with the this 151st Open that you have so many different options.
4: Yep. Uh, Cam says. Cam McMaster says. Does the picture to Dom's left shoulder say "Best Dom Ever"? Left shoulder.
2: No. It's it's. Oh, this.
4: it says, yeah. It says, Matt, Andrew, you got to take me full screen. It says, best dad ever. See? The PGA Tour Superstore mug. Check them out. They're I the like best. They just opened the one in Raleigh. Best, best dad ever. That's what it says. Best. I'm, I, am, I am the best dad ever. It says right there.
1: And the uh, best dom see. ever.
4: That's <laughs> and the best dom ever. That's right. Uh, the, the defending champion gets the shaft. I'm not surprised. Petty move. Cam's paired with Wyndham, too. What a slap in the face, they're saying. They're really not happy with these feature groups not having Cam Smith, the defending Open champion, and Wyndham Clark, the current U.S. Open champion, being covered. Andrew, can you put uh, back on the screen for everybody, put those feature groups back up there so they can see them? Um, And we've got people. I want to talk about the odds here in a second because we have, uh, it says, are you guys in a pool for the Open? How does your pool work? And there's a little bit of talking about betting and whatnot. So there you see your feature groups. And obviously not featured is Cam Smith and Wyndham Clark. Now, one thing, Matt, that is interesting that I'll mention here, it's got nothing to do with Liv. Typically, at major championships, the Open included, they'll often have a group of players that are, are more geared towards the international audience. You know, you'll know, you see a, a Hideki Matsuyama or something like that. I don't see that anywhere on it. That definitely, it is interesting group of featured groups, Matt.
2: Yeah, they are. Uh, I I would I would agree with you, and I would agree with the people that two thoughts. First of all, that's not enough. There should be a lot more. Fair enough. And yeah. secondly, if, if I guess it would be it would be inclusive if there were a lot more. Then you then you would probably take care of the problem that we're talking about. But this number to me is too small.
4: Yeah. So. Uh... The notes we were getting, coming in about the, uh, the pools and stuff. Let's go to the odds. Andrew, we're going to, I have to, we didn't have a chance to update all the odds, Matt. I was in the middle of updating them. So I'm going to have Andrew type it out. And we're going we're gonna to update these odds for you folks live. Rory's odds got worse. You can see there he's 7-1. to Scotty Shuffler's 7-1. to one. They're now like co-favorites. For most of the week, Rory was 6-1. to one. Cam Smith's odds were like 16 or 18. His his odds got worse. He's twenty to one now. Victor Hovland is twenty to one. Ricky Fowler Andrew is let's see here. Uh, Cam Smith is twenty to one. John Rahm is still twelve to one. He is still twelve to one. Victor Hovland twenty to one. We got Patrick Cantlay has thrown his hat into the mix. He is now twenty to one. Xander Schaffle you, you see there at the bottom was twenty to one. He was twenty five to one. Again, there's movement. Uh, you know, right up in, of course right up until the end. Ricky Fowler is 25 to one. His odds have gotten worse. It's interesting, right? Tommy Fleetwood, let's see, Andrew, 25 to one. His odds got worse too. This is interesting. The field is is separating, uh, Matt. You've got you've got like Rory and Scheffler sort of separating them from the field, and Cam Smith and Victor Hovland. All these guys' odds, Ricky Fowler, they're getting a little bit worse. And those guys' odds are. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. What do you think about these this shifting in these odds here, Matt? Uh,
2: I, do, I find it interesting, too. A lot of times uh, the odds are very much impacted by emotions. And as players come through and talk or articles go out and, and you hear about maybe a player switched putters or switched equipment or told a reporter about some particular part of their game that they're having troubles with or that they were excelling in accordingly, and it all affects the global odds because that news goes out. If you're considering someone and then you search out and consume – something that they said, or maybe they address the media and you listen to the press conference. I mean, how many times have you listened to pressers before a tournament you go, yeah, that person has no shot, or vice versa. They, they just sound so confident, and within themselves you go, yeah, they're going to be able to handle all the pressure out there. So it impacts the odds. on uh, What people are spending money on, that impacts the odds. Obviously, current form does coming in too. So there's a lot of different variables that impact those odds, but I think you're seeing the flow and ebb of – where people are putting their money down right now, as we look at these different odds with Xander Shawley Ricky Fowler, and Tommy Fleetwood all getting to twenty-five to one. I'll tell you what, all three of those at twenty-five to one are—it's a very good deal. Hovland, Cantley and Kepka at twenty to one, and even Cam Smith twenty-one. Very, very good pickup for all of those if, if you were considering. So, uh, the odds are—I are, think—are very interesting as we sit here. On the eve of this 151st open, hey, let me give you some more air times too. I want to, I want to give you the air times for the television, for those of you that are across North America and the United States watching us. The TV coverage is split from 1:30 a.m. on Peacock. Remember that's Thursday morning, 1:30 a.m. Eastern time on Peacock, and then four to three p.m. on USA Network, three p.m. to four p.m. Uh, back on. Uh, Peacock on Saturday, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. USA Network, and then 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. It will be on NBC on Saturday, Sunday, 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. on USA Network, and then 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can catch the conclusion of the Open from Royal Liverpool on NBC. All right, Don, did you guys get a chance to take a look at our, our current weather? I can tell you today, in stark contrast to yesterday, it is absolutely beautiful out there and very warm.
4: Yeah, you can see the weather there on your screen. I'm not sure that there's a massive change of, of weather uh, for the tournament play. You can see the rest of Thursday, mostly sunny, small chance of a little bit of a shower, a dry sunshine most of the day, about in basically 60 degrees. Thursday, it looks like it's going to be sort of possibly the best day of the tournament, Matt. Friday, there's a chance of light showers, light to moderate showers. Again, it's about 60 degrees, but you're going to have gusts over 20 miles per hour. And Saturday, longer spells of rain and heavier bursts of rain potentially and more rain coming down in total and also around 60. But, again, you've got gusts 14 to 18 miles per hour, upwards of potentially into the 20s. And then uh, the, my favorite guy, I love this stuff, Sunday, low confidence. They just have well, – I, I I'm not even going to read the rest of that. They, they, they don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens on Sunday. Um, we've got a lot of people uh, chiming in. We were going over the odds, Matt, asking about Taylor Gooch. Uh, at least five people asking. Taylor Gooch yeah, where, what are specifically guys? is sixty to one right now.
1: Oh, it what I want to
4: do, re- well, real quick, Matt, uh, because these people are talking a little bit about the, their pools and betting, and, and uh, why don't we help them out? You specifically, because you know way more than I know. I'm just some I'm some guy, but. I'm going to give you a handful of names that I think you would pick as dark horses. And I want you to tell me who these people should be betting on uh, to throw some money down and make some real money here. So, Taylor Gooch is 60 to 1. That feels good to me. Jason Day is 80 to 1. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Bob Taylor McIntyre.
2: Go- 100%, yes. 100% yes. 100% yes. All right. Bob
4: McIntyre.
2: Jason Day at all-
4: 80 to 1? Uh, Bo- Bob, Bob McIntyre, it? 80 to 1. That's mad. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, what do you think about this? Corey Connors is sixty to one. He is a ball striking machine.
2: He is a ball striking machine. His putting tends to be, tends to be his weakness. Uh, again, slower greens, softer greens, great ball striker. What was it? What, what did you say? Sixty to one for who? For Corey.
4: Corey is sixty to one.
2: Yeah, he's he's a get because you got to remember a lot like, of times. You're talking. You're not necessarily only trying to pick that these individuals because someone could sit back and go, "How many people are going to give me to win?" A lot of times, it's not only the win; it can be a top ten. So, we're just giving you really good players versus the odds, given all circumstances under consideration.
4: What do you think about Minwoo Lee at sixty to one? I, I kind of like that. I love it. I do too. Let's see here. I'm, looking, I'm trying what? to find, like, a long, long, long shot. I'm, like, looking for someone. What about Stewart me- Sink at 600 to 1? His form is not bad, and he knows what to do out here.
2: Yeah, it's unless, I mean, because it's 600 to 1, you can drop virtually nothing and get a nice return. So from that standpoint, I'd say okay. But I wouldn't bet the mortgage on
4: that. How about Brian Harmon? Uh, give me a couple names, Matt. Give me some names you're thinking about. Don't Brian say Huff. Shane Lowry. <laughs> Shane, Shane Lowry. What, do you, what about Shane Lowry, Dom? <laughs> I, Brian Harmon is one hundred and twenty-five to one. He's one I take. You take him. He's one I,
2: Yep. How about how okay, about, what about uh, Max
4: Homa? Max Homa at sixty to one. I mean, he's
2: his form hasn't been great. That's why it's reflective of that. So I'm not crazy about that bet. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put a lot on it, but for sixty-one, because the odds are good, you could put a little bit.
4: All right. So give me one more name. Give me one more name. I'll give you one more that you're thinking. Who? Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry. What do you think about Shane Lowry? Let's see. Shane Lowry is 30 to 1 right now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, (laughs) grab him. Definitely grab him. Yes, grab Yeah, definitely. Get on that Shane Lowry train. I love it. (laughs) it. So go down to the
2: bottom of your odds, Dom. Who has the absolute longest odds? Oh, let's see.
4: Two thousand. There's a handful of guys at three thousand to one, which is pretty bad odds. Um, it looks like three thousand to one is the worst that I can find. And there's actually, oh wait, five thousand to one, John Daly. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but that's fantastic. Worst odds, right. so John so Daly.
2: We, <laughs> I want to I want to decide if it's worth putting something down.
4: All right, well, okay, I'll give you a couple other than 3,001. Um, Kensi Hirata. Uh, I'm guessing Kazuki Yasumori. I'm guessing those are Japanese tour players. I don't know those names. Um, I'll be honest, I never heard of those golfers before. Uh, Tiger Christensen, Michael Stewart, Marco Penge, Graham Robertson. I don't know any of these people. I know a lot about golf, Matt. I've never heard of any of these people. How about uh,
2: how about my friend Matthew Southgate?
4: Uh, let's see if I can find him. He might. 500 to 1, Matt. Bet the house. Put, put $100 down on that. <laughs> right. uh, so what else, Matt? What do we got? Anything else that these people need to know before we leave and, and uh, we get going here and watch the open? Remember that we're going live as soon as the open is over. On Sunday. As soon as the open finishes, Matt's going to scurry back to the media center and, and we will do a live show and you can yep. all join us and we can recount what, what took place. I have a couple questions for you. Uh, for people who want to listen to Matt and, and watch Matt, he's going to be part of, like you said, the, the radio coverage. Have you been given the Tea Times are out? Do you know what groups you're following? Have they told you?
2: No, they haven't told me yet. Uh, we took a look at it this morning in the house, just kind of waking up and, and people having coffee and stuff. And we couldn't figure it out because the, the groupings, if you look from local time, from 9 a.m., you get Spieth, Fitzpatrick, Day, and that's followed up by Harrington, Seamus Power, and Gooch, Taylor Gooch. Then you got Cantley Kepka, Matsuyama, then Sheffler, Fleetwood, Scott, defending champion Cameron Smith, Xander Schauffe, Wyndham Clark. Then you got Lowry, who should have some of the following, Fowler, and, and McIntyre. Right then, Cam Young, S.W. Kim, and Bryson Deshambo. If you look through that group and then look at 2:48 uh, the, again, he's a local time. Hoblin, Female Thomas, then McQuarrie, Ram Rose, Morikawa, Oma Hatton, Mickelson, Taylor, and Shank. It's almost impossible to pick a group there. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's like every one of those groups should have somebody on them. That they're they're so good. So thankfully, that's not a decision I have to make. And our, our producers will tell us where to go and. What once there starts to be a flow and add if if somebody one of those other groups starts to go on a tear, they'll switch us over there and we'll and we'll uh, run over and find them wherever they are on the golf course and and cover that as well. Now as to again how you can find the radio coverage that I will be a part of, uh, we will start bright and early in the morning. Uh, Our airtime East Coast time is two a.m., so we'll be here way before that. That's seven a.m. local time, but at two a.m. you can start to hear us. If you are a subscriber uh, in North America to Sirius XM, uh, no matter where you are, even in North America, around the world, you can hear us on the official open app. You can hear open radio on theopen.com. Or as we mentioned, you can also hear it on Sirius XM. Uh, you can pick it up on TuneIn radio. So there's a lot of different ways and different options that you can get your coverage of the Open, no matter where you are, uh, and this and the reason I'm talking about it in terms of the radio context is a lot of people like to listen to us. Uh, maybe they're they're out in their gardens, or sitting by a pool someplace, or as I mentioned, you're on a, a train someplace, or uh, driving in your car, and you like to keep up on what's going on on the Open. We're gonna we're on the air for about 14 hours a day in the days that lie in store, and we, we absolutely can't wait to help share the stories and. And the, the sounds and the sights as we paint them for you from this 151st Open.
4: Uh, that's great, Matt. I'm so pumped up. I just have a couple other questions for you uh, before we say goodbye to everyone here. I think we need to reiterate to everybody our picks. Go on the record. I, I said I, really, I always do a want and a think because they're always different for me. I really want to see Ricky Fowler win. I think it would be a great story. And it's uh, just all around awesome to see him win the open championship. But I don't think he'll win. I think Sh- uh, Scotty Scheffler is gonna is gonna it's all gonna come together for him this week. I think he's going to win. Matt, where do you stand?
2: I'm going with Victor Hoplin. He's, he's my pick this week.
4: What about like a what about like a want? Come on, I gotta um, think of a want. Give me a want.
2: I mean if it was is a it want Shane Lowry?
4: I, I, it's Shane Lowry. <laughs>
2: let me show I, I always think of the want in terms of what's great for the game, what would have the biggest impact. I mean, obviously, Rory McIlroy winning here again would have a massive impact because he hasn't won a major since he won uh, in 2014. Remember, he won here at Royal Liverpool. The other day, I actually was mistaken because because back in the day, uh, the, he, he had a run through the, the, the Open, and he had a run through the PGA. Remember where he almost gosh, he almost played through Ricky Fowler and Phil Mickelson at Valhalla. But in terms of the the story, the impact that it it would have as a story, Rory McIlroy winning would be a really big story. It would mean a lot. Um, Brooks Koepka winning would be a really big story to to win multiple majors in the same season. So that one would be a a really big story. Obviously, Phil Mickelson winning would be absolutely massive. So – from that standpoint, when you ask me my want, there's a lot of them because I start to think in terms of what would have the biggest impact on the game. Incidentally, your your want, Ricky Fowler, would have a big impact on the game so of a player that's popular if they're able to break through and win. So there's actually so you can 20... hear the
4: media center people cracking sodas. It's an unhealthy environment in there, Matt.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did hear it someplace. Did hear it someplace.
4: Snack bars. That's what you hear in there all day. Snack bars and soda cans.
2: Yeah, well, that's when they're not out. That's what the opens. media center.
4: <laughs> the last thing I wanted to bring up that I was curious about is you've yes. now been on on site on property for a while, and you've been there prior. Have you had a chance to really look at the golf course as it's currently set up at all? Have you walked around or been near the new 17th? I'm just curious. We've we've had. Uh, you know, Paul Eels. we had the historian, we've been hearing from players. I'm just curious, Matt, I mean, you're going to be walking the grounds. Do you have any thoughts on the golf course, the way it's set up, the way it looks, the setup, the, the changes to 17 and uh, some of the changes to the bunkering? What is, like, your synopsis of that? The
2: golf course looks awesome, to to summarize it in a word. It looks absolutely awesome. It, it looks so much better. And I've been here multiple times previously and, 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 and worked opens here. I don't remember it looking this good. Uh, now, now part of that is the weather because it was really dry and burnt out only about five, six weeks ago. But the rains came and it softened everything up and it's greened everything up. That pretty much is what it looks like right now. All those shots that you are showing us, um, that the golf course is more formidable than I remembered it being. A part of that is because of the, the recent changes that they've made. The 17th hole, I happen to think the 17th hole is a good hole for the best players in the world. I happen to think that it's going to play. We'll see how it actually does play out. but just my opinion coming in because you asked. Um, I think it's going to be a challenging hole. Um, I think the wins that we're getting are not going to be enough to make a complete train wreck out of it, but it's going to be interesting. I don't think that it's a great hole for the rest of the year. So from a member's perspective, I think they built a hole that was for the Open. Well, they accomplished that. But from a week in, week out perspective with the members, I'm not so sure that it's the best hole for that.
4: Fair enough. I just wanted to get your thoughts, Matt. I mean that we've heard the players been talking about seventeen quite a bit in the press room. So I I'm I don't know what else to say. I'm, i I get when the majors come, I, I, I still get goosebumps. We've been doing this show. This is the sixteenth or seventeenth year of this this show. And every year, every major makes me feel like this. I get tingly. I get excited. I, you know, sometimes I wake up before that alarm that goes off. I just get, I, I'm just so pumped up, Matt. I, I can't wait to watch the Open Championship. And I'm really happy for you that you get to walk the grounds like you always do at these Opens. I know it means a lot to you. And I think that, I don't know if you admit it publicly or not, but I do think that, that walking the grounds of the Open Championship is almost always the highlight of your year. And we do a lot of cool stuff, but this is this might be the coolest
2: yeah it's pretty amazing i I, I can't wait for it we've got some a lot of programming still to go today if you, again if you go on to the open dot com or you go on to the official open app you'll hear open radio we're gonna we're we're doing programming from nine thirty starting at nine thirty a m. this morning and running all the way up till five pm our time so that'd be what's uh, noon time on the east coast with all the preview shows and then it just keeps on re-airing all overnight until the dawn of the 151st open because we are now officially on the eve of the start of at royal liverpool and folks we cannot wait to share the experience with you don't forget on sunday night we will be live immediately following the open to wrap up everything that took place here from royal liverpool just so thankful that you guys are there for us uh, day in and day out. Please don't forget to hit the like button for us and make sure that you subscribe to the Fairways of Life channel on YouTube. And of course, you can catch our national television broadcast coming up this weekend when we will be live from right here at Royal Liverpool in this 151st opening. Until then, thank you, be well, and goodbye for now.